You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is time. It is time. They can't be Packers. No. Are you crazy? You're listening to Cheese and Packers, a project powered by the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm your host, JJ Lee. Happy to be with you today. Follow me on Twitter at JJLAHEY. JJ Leahy. To stay today on all things Packers or to ask questions for this show. We're going to talk about the NFL draft as it relates to the Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to have a draft expert on here to talk about it. All right, I'm here with Brian Moffey. He is a lifelong Packers fan. He uh, writes for Cheesehead TV uh, on their draft guide. He also is a database editor for Ryzen Draft. He's a draft writer for Around the Block. If you're noticing a theme, the dude knows his NFL draft prospects. Uh, he is a good friend of mine. You can find him on Twitter at B Moffey, M-A-A-F-I. Uh, very uh, fun guy to talk to. Um, he is invested in the NFL draft uh, year round, way more so than I am. And that's why I wanted to have him on today um, to talk about draft prospects that the Packers could be interested in. Because if you're anything like me, you might know a few players who are going to be in this up- upcoming draft, but you don't really have your head into it yet. And so, uh, Brian, appreciate you coming on here today to share your wisdom with us and looking forward to learning about some of these interesting players. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so, Brian, obviously this uh, 2022 NFL season has not gone the way we were hoping for the Packers. And a lot of different reasons you could point to for the uh, lack of success, but certainly there are some uh, holes on the roster that are going to need to be addressed in the off season. And the draft is going to be a big part of that. So um, as it stands today, your assessment right now of the Packers roster, what do you think their top priorities will have to be in this upcoming draft? Jeez, man, where to start? They got they're going to have a bunch of holes. Um, just due to free agency and, and normal type stuff. Um, and the cap, that's going to be an issue in the off season. Um, like with, um, 
the running backs, you know, they they have um, Jones. His contract is going to be he's going to make him like twenty million next year. There's no way they're going to pay him twenty million. So more than likely he's going to be gone. Yeah. You're going to basically have AJ Dillon and maybe Taylor. You know, so there's going to be running back. There's going to be um, tight end, obviously because of free agency and just age. Mm-hmm. Um, Offensive tackle is a good possibility just because of. Um, Bakhtiari's age and his contract status, and his injury status, or issues, whatever have you want to call it. Um, right. So he could be even gone this off season or even the season next season. So they're going to want to have somebody there to replace him, uh, you know, when they can. Um, and the Tap Hackers tend to draft a guy like a year before they really need him. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, depth at edge. Obviously, that's that's been an issue this year, even after even before Gary got injured. So they're going to need some depth there and possibly. Um, uh, Preston Smithing could get cut this offseason again due to cap issues. Um, and of course, defense tackle because they have some free agents um, with Lowry and um, Reed. And it's just they, they look like they probably still need some more help, even though they just drafted um, Wyatt. Um, and then, of course, safety obviously, everybody's favorite position because everybody loves uh, Darnell Savage. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Adrian <laughs> Abos is a free agent and he hasn't played that well this year either. So right. Well, probably, I mean, you know, you got you got safety one Rudy Ford. He's like one of the best in the NFL. I mean, surely we're expecting a repeat of that next season, right? Yeah, hopefully, you know, those, those interceptions and those forced fumbles and stuff, we can, <laughs> we can run it back. <laughs> so that's I mean, that's many positions on the roster. So offensively, um, you did not list wide receiver as a need. It didn't really touch on any interior offensive linemen, at least didn't single that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then quarterback, um, although we should talk about that. And right. then defensively, kind of the only positions you didn't touch on were inside linebacker and corner. So uh, I do agree. We we feel pretty set at corner. I think a lot of questions still about what you have in Eric Stokes, um, you know, what you might uh, expect Jair and Rasul to look like next year after uh, pretty disappointing seasons from both of them, them so far. Right. Um, but th- these young wide, re- wide receivers have been very fun and encouraging this season. I think that um, anybody who's feeling a lot of excitement right now about the wide receiver room uh, and, and and their potential going forward, I think that is a totally justified uh, uh, way to be feeling right now. Yeah. I mean, I think there's obviously there's probably a good chance that they still drop a receiver because they're still going to need help. Um, you know, Watson still had the injuries and the drops early in the season. And then, um, yeah, and then who knows what they have with, um, you know, besides right. that, basically, because Cobb's probably going to be gone in the offseason. So, I mean, I still ex- expect them to draft one somewhat early. I just don't see it as a huge need because I, knowing Goody, he, he's probably seeing Watson as the future number one and, and, and uh, Romeo as the number two, but they're still going to need, you know, depth and, and, and help like that. So I'm still expecting the draft on the wide receiver. Just not, of course. Yeah. Now, we all want to know what we have in Jordan Love, and it still feels uh, increasingly unlikely that we're going to get to see any playing time from him yet this year. Uh, you know, they they beat the Bears. You get a bye week. Very weak Rams opponent coming up. Right. It sure feels like you're not, you know, even with as few wins as we have, it feels like you're not going to be eliminated until, you know, week 17 or thereabouts. And so at that point, are you going to get any real looks at Jordan Love at all? But he looked really encouraging against the Eagles in the really limited sample size we got to see. Right. But 
you know, the, there is also a a possibility that the Packers end up with a an advantageous draft pick this year, and you're maybe in position to take a quarterback. My opinion, you know, we had a, a couple of really nice quarterback classes in a row a couple of years ago. Obviously, last year, nobody really liked the quarterback <laughs> class. Looking at this quarterback class, I have a lot of questions about mm-hmm. them. Right. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people obviously are super enamored with Bryce Young. They might have questions about his height and that kind of stuff. Um, and then outside of that, it feels like a little bit of a crapshoot. Talk to me about your thoughts about the quarterbacks in this draft class. How many guys do you think are going to go in the first round at the quarterback position? Yeah, it's it's an interesting group. Um, it's obviously better than last year. Last year was pretty bad overall. Um, <laughs> Putting it nicely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's obviously talent. There's always talent every year, but just it wasn't super talented. And there was guys that just had a lot of developmental time they needed and stuff like whatnot. Um, but anyways, for this class, yeah, it's a lot better. Um, you know, with injuries and uh, some a few guys uh, recently saying they're going to come back and, and uh, go to the transfer portal, like um, like North Carolina. Leary. Huh? Yeah, Larry. Yeah, Larry. Larry. Yeah. And a couple other guys, kind of lower t- mid-tier type guys, but still they're just like, like Keenan Slovis from Pittsburgh, he's going to the transfer portal and some other guys. That kind of hurts the depth of the class a little bit. I thought I thought Leary was going to come out, but he's obviously not, so he's transferring and Right, but, uh, but even still, uh, it's still a pretty solid class at the top. I mean, you got, um, like you said, Bryce Young. Um, there's also some people that question like his arm talent, which I think it's it's fine. It's not, it's not Michael Vick. It's not nothing like that. But I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then of course C.J. Stroud, who's really good too. He's he's had some questions. He had a couple of bad games, but I still think he's he's got the high level talent. He still go early. Um, they'll both be top five picks probably. And then after that, it's kind of a crapshoot really i mean you have will levis but then he's he has developmental issues he has a lot of he's had thrown a lot of receptions he's had accuracy issues he's going to be 24 years old as a rookie it's kind of something that i think that doesn't get much talk what round would you feel comfortable drafting will levis in if you were a gm that depends on what my what my roster looks like um yeah it really just depends on what my roster looks like um if i'm look if i'm say the the Texans or the Lions, I would not take them in the first round because just because you're not going to take a top three pick on that guy who's going to be 24 year old and still needs a year to a development at least. And who knows if he's, I mean, he could be Josh Allen or he could be Jamarcus Russell, you know, it's, it's, there's just a huge wide variety of potential that where he could be. Um, So if I was on one of those teams, no, I would not take him first round. If I was picking at the end of the first round, you know, then, you know, maybe, especially if I, if I was picking the end of the first round, I had a veteran that he could sit behind for a year at least. Then, yeah, I would take him at the first round, but likely he probably, sh- yeah, I would say probably end of the first round or early second round, he probably should go, but he'll go higher just because of his potential, his arm strength, his athleticism, you know, eating bananas with their peels on. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I am very intrigued by Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Anthony? He's he's a dynamic dude. He's in a way he's similar to to, to Levis. He's just a lot younger, so there's not the developmental questions per, like as far as with Levis because the age. Uh, Richardson's 21, I believe, um, and he started last year. He started only like one game, I think, and then of course he's the game's this this year, so he hasn't doesn't have a super lot of experience. 
So, I mean, and then his upside is probably a little bit higher with Saban Levis, but I mean, it's still like a similar type of situation. Um, but he probably should go back because if he goes back, he could be quarterback one next year. Actually, but, um, while we were talking, he uh-huh. declared for the NFL draft. Oh my goodness, Jesus! Yeah, <laughs> eight eight minutes ago. So that, 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 our, that always happens. <laughs> Something like that always happens. Our our listeners are not going to hear this, and you know, for a couple hours. But uh, Monday, we're we're recording at uh, about a little afternoon Lambo time, and mm-hmm. uh, he just he just declared eight minutes ago. So that that's crazy timing. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, um, but he, so he declared. Okay, so when he's in. Um, that helps obviously the group, the class, the depth of the class, and whatnot. Um. But yeah, he's he's a first round talent. I mean, he could, especially with Hooker's injury, I could see him being QB three. Yeah. Well, what, what, what about what about Hooker's? Hooker Hooker's not going back next year, is he? he he'll be in the draft this year. No, he, he can't. His eligibility is exhausted. So. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Yeah, so he's in. He's in the theory. He's just gonna. He probably drops like the second round. Hooker. For... Yeah, Hooker is an interesting guy to me because clearly just tore it up in college this year. Very, very, fu- very fun to watch. But like when I watch him, I just don't see a lot of stuff that I think is going to translate well to the next level. Like looking at any of the quarterbacks in this, you know, they're supposed to be in this draft class. He's just a dude that I, I have a hard time seeing him make it in, in, in the pros. I just, I, I think that his game kind of, you know, wor- you know, works really, really well, obviously. At that lower level, he's uh, playing in a very fun scheme, thrown to some really talented guys, going up against not always the best competition. Uh, I, I just I I got a lot of questions about him and and a lot of nervousness about his ability to succeed at the next level. Well, I mean they they play in the SEC, so I mean they are getting good competition. I know. I mean there there are questions about the uh, um, how you say the offense that Hypel runs, mm-hmm. how that translates to NFL. It's a very half field read offense. So a lot of times he's right. just reading half the field and then just throwing. So there are questions with that, obviously. Um, and of course the age and the injury are do do questions, but the guy's got talent, he's got arm talent, he's got athleticism, and he just tore it up playing in the SEC and he's got talent, but it's not Georgia level talent. It's not Al well, Alabama's offense is close here, isn't that great? But or even yeah, it's just not that's a super talented offense. I mean, he's got Wyatt, who developed, or not Wyatt, sorry, um, Hyatt, who developed this year, basically, mm-hmm. who did nothing before this year. And then Tillman, but the Tillman missed a big chunk of the year with his foot injury. And they got a couple of decent running backs, but outside of those guys, and well, also the Brew McCoy, but he hasn't really lived up to his expectations. He was a former five-star guy who jumped around from USC to Texas, back to USC, and then to Tennessee. He's been all <laughs> over. But, you know, uh, he's a pretty solid guy, and, you know, so, I mean, they have some talent, but it's not, like I said, it's not Georgia offense. You know what I mean? It's not like right Alabama last year when those three first-round receivers were, or two years ago when they had three first-round receivers out there, you know, so. Let's let's turn our attention to edge rusher because um, definitely with, with the way the defense has been playing, although they, they definitely stiffened up in the second half against the Bears, but the, the defense has clearly missed Rashawn Gary while he's been out. And as you mentioned, even before he went out, uh, you had nervous, a lot of nervousness about the depth and about, you know, the high number of snaps that Preston and Rashawn had to play. Uh, And and Kingsley has really been coming along. He's a lot of fun to watch. 
but I think we all would be excited to add another guy from the draft into this room and, and to continue to stock it with young talent, uh, give you give you that flexibility to move on from uh, Preston if you feel like you need to. Will Anderson is like the guy that uh, everybody <laughs> knows about. Who else in this draft class uh, really stands out to you? Um, you know, like like who who's your dude that feels like a Packer? Right. So the Packers, they I've had this discussion with some people before on Twitter, some other Packer fans and, you know, writers, contributors, what have you that uh, the Pack, but who don't understand this. But I've done a lot of research with their, their drafting and their history. And, you know, Goody comes from the Ted Thompson, Ron Wolf tree. So he's very much like them. He's kind of, I kind of see him as a, as a combination for them because he's very Ted Thompson-like in the draft, but he's very Wolf-like with free agency. Um, with a little bit of Wolf, I guess, for the draft because he's a little more flexible. Wolf, or I mean, not Wolf, sorry. Uh, Tub Thompson was very hard hard on his, um, his uh, what would you call it, his um, thresholds with his, his players. Sure. He wanted very sure. pretty specific heights, weights, speeds, that type of stuff. Goody is a little more flexible, mm-hmm. but he's still, he's still highly, he loves his athletes, especially at edge rushers. If you look at all the edge rushers he's drafted, they've all been over, over eight RAS scores, eight and a half, nine RAS scores. So he likes highly athletic type guys. He likes highly athletic type guys with long arms, um, long arms and, you know, very athletic um, and kind of on the somewhat bigger side. So um, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me right now, but what I was just kind of going off with my head early, um, I was right now in my notes. He likes guys that are like between 6'3 to 6'5-ish and then about 260, 275 weight with 33 or longer arms and then obviously highly athletic. So, and then of course, like he, like I said, he'll kind of bend the rules a bit here and there, but mm-hmm. um, so besides Will Anderson, some of the top guys would be uh, Tyree Wilson from uh, Texas Tech. Yep. Who is a big, big dude. He's like 6'6", 270. He's a big dude, but he's athletic, got long arms. Um, there's also Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. He's kind of somewhat similar in size to Wilson, not as big, but he's still kind of a similar type guy. Miles Murphy from Clemson, who's another big dude, um, strong dude too. He's, he's a, he's a power rusher for sure. I uh, still need some development of his moves and stuff, but it's, you know, uh, he's, he's going to be a top 10 pick. Okay. Um, and then a few other guys, uh, guys like one of your one of your guys from one of your favorite uh, school, Zach Harrison from Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Um, there's um, Andre Carter. People love Andre. Some people really love Andre Carter from um, Army. He's a dude kind of came out of nowhere last year with like 15 sacks last year. Oh. He's this this, this kind of uh, kind of almost gangly looking guy. <laughs> he's like six six two sixty. He's got six. He's like six six two sixty, but he's got the frame to pack on another 10, 15 pounds. He's got these long, long arms, long legs. This is long body, but when you see him move, he moves like a guy that's a lot smaller. So it's it's interesting. Even Army even drops him into coverage at times, and it's it's weird. It's, it's kind of funny seeing this big six six guy dropping into coverage, um, but he doesn't look like it. He looks like he's six two two thirty. You know, he's just the way he moves is just like it's crazy just how big he is in the way he moves. So he can drop, he can actually even drop in coverage. And then he's obviously, but he's obviously really raw with his pasture moves and whatnot. Um, he still needs a lot of development there. Um, some other early guys. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I've never known how to pronounce his name, but Felix Anduki Uzoma from, uh, from, uh, oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, 
that, that that's great. that's a guy I, I I have never wanted to uh, try and pronounce. I, I got the Uzoma part because of CJ right. Uzoma, but but the first right, part right. of his last name, I'm not even gonna try it. Yeah, I think it's in. Um, yeah, I just call him FAU. <laughs> FAU so I, he's, he's another one guy, one of those early guys. Um, and he's out of Kansas State. Yeah, Kansas State. Sorry. And then of course Derek Hoffman Auburn. He's he's physically a lot like what they like. He's six three. 255 260 something like that with long just long um gangly arm well not gangly but he's, he's got a pretty muscular sure. body but he's got these long long arms that they like uh you mentioned zach harrison and he is a guy i'm very familiar with so i i will talk about him for just for a second and give some background former five star um uh at ohio state and the interesting thing with him the reason that i have ever connected him to the packers at all is that uh, he has consistently throughout his college career had very, very high PFF grades. And Buckeye fans have always had a lot of frustration with him because they didn't feel like the uh, production on the field in terms of the, of the, the counting stats that, that fans get excited about matched right. the hype around him and the way that the coaches talked about him. But PFF grades, you know, the, the, the what they are really measuring is consistency. And Zach Harrison is very, very consistent and he gets a lot of pressures. Now, 2022, um, you know, late uh, middle to late uh, season for the Buckeyes, he kind of finally turned a corner and started actually converting those pressures into sacks and becoming a presence that is really felt on the field, which I think helps he boost his draft stock. But he's a guy who has has always been interesting to me because it's like looking at analytics and 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 his grades, he kind of has everything and just like needed that extra little push to kind of convert that into the flashy stuff that that you really get excited about. So interesting guy, uh, very hard worker, good leader. Um, I, I I think very underappreciated for most of his college career, and of course. Um, he had the option to go in the draft last year. I think the feedback he got from NFL teams a year ago was not as, as, um, good as he was hoping for. And so he came back, uh, to try and improve his, his stock. And I think he's done that. I think he'll be almost certainly a first round pick or, or at least an early second at this point. Right. Yeah. He, um, I kind of compare him a little bit to, uh, Rashawn Gary in a way. Yep. Rashawn Gary had kind of similar type stuff. Like he was less productive, obviously numbers wise, but um, similar type things were just like the the counting stats weren't there, right? Um, uh, but I mean, he and then he has he's similar to that he's already a really good run defender, um, and then he he can be a little a little stiff. Um, he's a little more of a straightforward ahead um, power rusher, but he's got speed. You know, he's got explosiveness in his body. Um, so it's, I, he, also yeah, like has, I said, he also has experience this year playing more of a, a standup, uh, pass rusher, um, you mm -hmm. know, playing as an outside backer, um, new defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles came in and he implemented a position that he calls the Jack and, <laughs> and the, the, uh, best comparison I can make is when the Packers used to move Zedarius Smith around a lot and they called him the Rover. I, I, I think that there's sort of um, that, like that's the best comparison I can make for Packer fans in terms of what the Jack is, but he's a, a stand up um, 
uh, pass rusher that sometimes is outside, sometimes is inside. Zach Harrison played a little bit of that, and then um, uh, they they ended up making Jack Sawyer be the the full time Jack for most of of the uh, the stretch of the season. But he has that experience, which I think would be helpful if he were playing the Packers scheme. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and like you said, they they use him so much as Darius. Uh, which is the role they kind of put on. Um, they put on Gary a little bit as well. He they move him. They would move him around and stuff like that too. So, um, and they they seemed like the, the Ohio State players. Um, you know, they usually they they usually come ready, come in ready with pro, playing pro schemes and stuff like that, pro style schemes. Um, but yeah, he just he just needed development. He needed needed to just work at. I mean, he he just he destroyed Jalen Duncan earlier this year, or well, a couple like two three weeks ago. King, Kingsley and Agbar. Kingsley and Agbar. Um, where were you expecting him to go in the draft last year? What, what, like roughly what round? Because I, I thought he was going to be like a second round pick, and I was, I couldn't believe how late he ended up uh, falling to the Packers. Yeah, Kingsley's Kingsley's interesting, interesting, interesting story from last year. Um, he's a guy I really liked off of film coming into the coming into the draft cycle. Um, I really liked him for the for a good fit for the Packers. He had like the length that they like, the size they like. Mm-hmm. He was a good run defender. They like good guys that are good, already good run defenders, um, guys who know how to use their arms. Um, you know, and yeah, he was he fit kind of with a lot what they like. And then, so I was expecting him to go like kind of like about where you said second round, third round. And then the combine came, and he just didn't have that great of a combine. And so okay, so I, he slipped a little bit for me. I thought, well, okay, yeah, probably maybe third round or something like that, maybe fourth. Um, and I, I kind of took him off my Packers board because his, they, like I said, they like the super athletic guys. And he was like a, I think an RS score of like six, six and a half, something like that. Sounds right. Yeah. And so I took, kind of took him off my Packers board. Cause like I said, they always like the really highly athletic guys, but of course they ended up taking him anyway, taking him in the, the fifth round. So I was, that was kind of, I was kind of excited about that. Even though I had him on my Packers board, you kind of a loss for me in a way, but yeah, I was like, cause I mean, he played, I think he plays more athletic, a little more athletic than he, than he tests, but um, he's a good player. Like I say, he's got long arms. Uh, he's a good run defender, and he's just kind of a developing pass rusher. Um, that was kind of his issue. It seems like an issue with some. He was an issue with South Carolina. Was he didn't show at least on film a lot of pass rush moves. A lot of times it was just it was just you know um, power straight or, straight bull rush. Yeah, yeah, bull rushes powers using his arms. You know, one arms and stuff like that type of stuff. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. 
And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Let's flip to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about uh, offensive tackle because um, love Yash Nyman, love Zach Tom. Um, certainly have questions about Elton Jenkins after the way he's played this year. And of course, Bakhtiari's health and his age. Tackle should be a position that the Packers are at least considering. Uh, coming into um, I, uh, into this this draft class, for a long time, we kind of assumed that the top three guys were going to be Peter Skronsky out of Northwestern, uh, Fashanu out of Penn State, who is going back to school, which is kind of crazy because I think he could have been a top three pick in this draft class. I'm not sure why he's going back to school. And Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. Um, Skaronsky, I believe you are considering more of a guard than a tackle. Is that, is that true? Yeah, at least for the Packers. Um, cause like I said, again, they have their thresholds they follow that they pretty much stick to. Like I said, you know, they'll bend it here and there or Goody, I should say Goody will bend it here and there. Um, but he's, he won't break it per se. So, um, and looking at their history that I, I did this research a while ago was that guys that they have drafted that either him or, uh, or Ted Thompson have drafted to play primarily offensive tackle. They have never, uh, the one of the shortest arms was uh, Balaga with 33 and a quarter. So I kind of round that off to about 33 inches. Okay. Um, so anybody under 33 inches, they're pro- I'm pretty sure they're going to see as more of a guard than a tackle. Okay. Very interesting. Um, and then uh, Paris Johnson at Ohio state, he, he kind of would feel like with Fashanu out of here and with you viewing, uh, Skaronsky as uh, more of an interior guy, Paris Johnson, probably the first like true tackle off the board. Yeah. I mean, probably just in general, even if there's other teams that see him as a tackle, they'll probably just view Paris Johnson as a, uh, with a higher upside and the bigger size and the, uh, they'll view him more as, um, tackle one anyway. So I think even whoever is, wants, is looking at the tackle in the top five of the class, they'll probably see Paris Johnson ahead of Skaronsky anyway. Looking for a uh, a pure tackle who might be available in the mid to late uh, first or second round. Anybody who jumps out at you is really fitting the Packers mold. Um. Well, you know what? Honestly, the guy who's kind of moved. At least I'm. Uh, I should say more on my work because I just recently got into watching some uh, his 2022 film is Broderick Jones from Georgia. He's he obviously he needs a lot of work too. Um. I don't know. I don't know if he'd slip down to the middle of this first round. He might. Um, yeah, but the first round is just, it's not looking super great for the offensive tackles. I mean, it's basically Paris Johnson, um, Broderick Jones and, and then probably Skaronsky if, if whoever drafts him sees him as a tackle. Okay. Um, and maybe, uh, yeah, probably, and maybe Anton Harrison, maybe, but I think he's probably more of a second round guy. Okay. All right. Um, tight end is a position that I have been wanting the Packers to address for a while. And I like Josiah Deguara. I'm glad we have him, but it's been a couple of years since we drafted him. And the guy we took before him, Jay Sternberger was supposed to be here with Deguara. We're supposed to have both guys complimenting each other. We don't have Jace. Um, I would really like them to add a tight end. And, I, and you're agreeing with me that you think tight end makes sense as a need. I know and love Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Dude is a monster. Right. I think most people know Michael Mayer. Is he tight end one on your board? Oh yeah, easily. Um, he's been tight end one since the summer. I think okay. it's pretty much everybody's tight end one since the summer. <laughs> okay, since last year. Talk to me about some other tight ends uh, who who um, are 
Packers types um, that you think are going to be um, guys that we should pay attention to? Yeah. So um, outside of Mayer, I would say uh, Tucker Craft from um, South Dakota. South State. Dakota. Yep. Yeah, South Dakota. So I was trying to remember because there's like three Dakotas, uh, three Dakota schools. So Tucker Craft, he's probably probably tied in three. Okay. Um, or maybe even probably, actually no, I'd probably say tight end. He's probably tied in two. Um, of course, the one tight end that all Packer fans seems seem to like, Darnell Washington from Georgia, because he's very much like a Mercedes Lewis type guy, mm-hmm. 6'6", 260, 270, something like that. Just a big dude. Yeah. Got decent straight line speed, but not super quick. But he's a he's a strong dude, good lo- good run blocker already. Um, he does production's not really there just because because all the tight ends there, especially Brock Bowers and stuff. So he doesn't get as much snaps as much production passing game. But he can produce there. You know, he's not going to put up. 900 yards he's not going to be you're not gonna be splitting him out wide you know running like like you do Kyle Pitts or something like that but you right. know he's definitely he's definitely there um also Kincaid Dalton Kincaid from Utah he's a little bit older of a guy uh, but he's still athletic he's talented he's a good receiver blocking not as much but he's still athletic guy you can move him around you know out, out wide and stuff like that move him around um there's Sam Laporta from Iowa a lot of people know him because the Packers yep. sound like Iowa guys uh, he's more one of your, your solid overall guys that, you know, he's not going to blow you away, but he's going to be solid. He's going to, you know, he's going to produce, he's going to do his job. He's going to block, he's going to contribute in the, in the passing game, but he's not going to like, again, be like Kyle Pitts and putting up a thousand yards and stuff like that. Um, and then I'd also add a couple, a couple more guys, Luke Musgrave from Ohio state or not Ohio state, Oregon state. And then um, also Josh Weil from uh, Cincinnati's who a lot of pack, um, draft fans have known for a couple years okay um talk to me about uh one of the biggest looming issues with the packers roster and that is their stock their supply of mississippi state guys is has dwindled (laughs) down to two at one point they had like six mississippi state players on the roster i mean what you know that uh that goody's got to be really concerned that he's down to just two do you think for that reason he takes a swing at Emmanuel Forbes, uh, the uh, defensive back out of Mississippi State? That guy's got crazy. He's got crazy ball skills, but uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I mean, they'll probably take a corner at some point just because that's what you kind of do every draft, and then, of course, that's just kind of what the Packers do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, not unless something weird happens and someone falls, you know, and it's just the crazy passive can't pass up the value or something happens in the off season where somebody is traded away. I don't see them taking one like on day one or day two. I don't see them taking one until day, uh, day three. Okay. So, um, yeah. Unless, like I said, something weird happens where someone drops and they just, the value is just like, they're like, Oh, well, he's too good of a player to pass up. We just, we'll take him and we'll just, we'll figure it out. Obviously I was mostly tongue in cheek. Um, talking about the Mississippi state thing, but, uh, right, the, the defensive back conversation was one worth having as well. Um, wide receiver. Uh, if you're looking at, uh, pieces for the Packers that maybe they don't really have in that wide receiver room. Um, and, and you're looking at what Devonte brought that they don't really have anymore. If you had a guy with a really, um, a really quick release offline scrimmage, um, who can soak up a lot of attention over the middle, be a possession guy, the guy in this draft class that you immediately start thinking about is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, at one point, some people thought he was going to be one of the uh, first receivers off the board. Since he is primarily a slot guy, I 
was always skeptical of that. But the injuries for, you know, that caused him to miss basically the entire 2022 season probably drop his stock considerably to the point where I would be surprised if the Packers can't reach him if they want him. What do you think about Jackson? Yeah, they could, they should, they would have no problem getting him. Um, obviously, they're not, they wouldn't take him the first, but um, yeah, just because I think, I think what happened was fans in the media were more kind of more hype on, high, high on him into the season the NFL teams were. Right. Because um, he, ha- he has some issues, some physical issues that, you know, he's not really super fast. He's not super quick. He's not a big leaper. Um, he's not, giant, uh, you know, super 6'4 guy. Um, he's not super strong. You know, he's got kind of a thin frame. Um, so he was going to be a, a slot guy in the NFL. You know, he was going to, yeah, he was going to be a slot guy in the NFL. He wasn't going to be an outside guy. And, and then this year he's played like eight snaps. Yeah, he's yeah he hasn't played. So, but yeah, I mean, I so yeah, the Packers could take him if they wanted. Um, but yeah, he'll be a slot guy only. I mean, again, like I said, not big guy, not a super athletic guy, but he's he knows how to run the route. He's got some decent quickness, and you know, he's a good route runner, and he knows how to get open. It's just, yeah, he's just not going to be a first round pick. I think one of my favorite wide receivers in this class uh, draft class right now is Quentin Johnson at TCU. Yeah, I mean, he's right now. I'd say he's probably wide receiver one. Um, I think there's the hype on him has from some people has gotten a little too much uh, because he still has issues. I mean, you know, he he's had he's had really a lot of inconsistencies this seasons. He's had he had a three game stretch where he was getting like 150 yards, 180 yards a game. He had I think he had one game he had like 200 yards, um, but then he's had games where he's had like 30 yards, 20 yards, 40 yards. And a part of that is, of course, due to TCU's offense, their running offense. And Max Dugan is, he's a solid college quarterback, but he's not particularly super accurate. He doesn't have a great, you know, he's not CJ Stroud. He's not Bryce Young. So, I mean, that obviously affects it to an extent, but at the same time, the lack of production is concerning. And then also, who uh, another thing he's had issues with at times is dealing with press coverage. Mm. Uh, that's something I've noticed. And something also... Um, Jake Schwink, who I'm pretty sure you know on Twitter. Yeah, is also yeah Jake Schwink is part of the Packernet Podcast Network. Yes. Okay. Okay. I wasn't. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's also noted that too, that he's had issues with dealing with press. And you're going to get a lot more press in the NFL when you're compared to college. Yeah. But he's still probably the- not a one because the upside is there. He's huge. He's 6'4, 215. Probably going to run in the sub 4'4s. You know, he can leap out of the, 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 the gym. He's got, he's quick. He, you can see him catching passes and just, juking guys and getting an extra 20, 30 yards that's taking off. So the potential is there. Of course, the upside is there hundred percent. It's just, I think people just got to remember he's got, he's got stuff he's got to work on. Yeah. Looking at the um, issues the Packers have, re- have faced this year. You need a guy who can uh, fight through, through press man and get open. Uh, I, th- I think that adding another guy to this room who struggles with that, probably not the direction you'd want to go. Um. Probably not, but with, I mean, if they if they needed a wide receiver that bad, I would. And plus, you know how the Packers are; they don't take wide receivers in the first round. That's just right. Uh, seems to be they don't like they they don't like the first round receivers. Uh, but I, I would think I would still be okay with them taking him. It's just you would have to know that he's not gonna he's probably not gonna come in year one and put up a thousand yards, you know. And he's but he's the talent's there, like I said, you know. And I'd be okay with it. If they took him, I'd be okay with it. I don't think they will, but I'd be okay with it. 
one name that people are talking about right now after the uh, Big Ten championship game is Charlie Jones out of Purdue. Do you have any thoughts on Charlie Jones? Have you am, am I just bringing a name on you that you have not really had time to watch yet? Or do you have thoughts on Charlie? It's just a bland, such a bland name. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. And of course, yeah, of course, I know Charlie Jones. He's this. He's at um, Purdue is like his third school. Right. He was at Iowa last year. He didn't do a super lot last year, and he came to Purdue and just kind of just came out of nowhere. And just, I think he was like number three in yardage this year in college football, something like that. Um, yeah, he just he's really productive, um, you know. But he's probably going to, due to his size and some of his athletic limitations, he's probably going to be not that he's not athletic, but um, he's probably going to be a slot guy in the NFL. Um, he's going to, of course, play on the outside at times, but he's probably primarily going to be a slot guy in the NFL. But I mean, he's fast. He's got he's can run good routes. He's a good player. Um, he's probably just going to be more of a slot in the NFL. One one thing that I have noted about him, and I haven't watched a lot, but that I do like is that he when when it comes to his 50 50 balls, he's he's pretty good. He's uh, th- those contested catches, not necessarily something you expect out of a slot receiver, but he he wins those matchups more often than not. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean. You know, it's it's college, so it's a little bit different. And he's playing in the the Big Ten, so the, it's a little going to be a little bit different, of course, from the NFL. But um, yeah, I mean, he shows he can get up, and you know, you can obviously he's, you can do it. You know. <laughs> All right, uh, Brian. Before we wrap up here, are there any players at other positions or just guys we haven't touched on yet that are kind of favorites of yours, draft crushes that feel like a really good fit for the Packers at any position on the roster? <laughs> So I always, I always have a lot. You've seen my, you saw my, my board I put out last year or whatever it was. Oh, the yeah. board. So, so I always have a lot of draft crushes um, for the Packers. So, I mean, there's like, we didn't really talk about touching running backs. Um, there's a few running backs I like uh, for, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Packers. Um, uh, Kendry Miller from TCU actually is a really good running back. He, he kind of reminds people of, um, of Jones, Aaron Jones a little bit. He's similar. He's quick. He's fast. Uh, he's little, he's bigger than Aaron Jones, but he isn't, he's not really a power guy. Um, you know, but he's, he's really good. Actually. He's, he's surprising. He doesn't get much talk. Um, there's also Jamar Gibbs from Alabama who God yep. knows, I don't, who knows why Georgia Tech did not <laughs> use that guy. Uh, but he's really good. He's similar. He's got crazy speed. He's like sub four, four type guy. He can contribute in the passing game. Uh, he can block a little bit, you know, he's, you can do a little bit of everything. He's a really good player. Um, and then there's also the guy from Pitt, um, Israel uh, Ab- Abaconda, Abba, Abba, these names, Abba Nikamkanda. What you have to do is you have to say it with a lot of flair and accent. Israel Abanikanda, Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. So he he had that crazy game early in the year. We had like 300, 330 yards or something, like six touchdowns. Uh, but I'm not sure 100 if he's like a Packers type guy because he doesn't have much production in the passing game. So that's okay. that's kind of a question. And but I like he, him. Though. He's not much of a blocker, is either, is he? No, no, his blocking is 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 touch and go. It's pretty touch and go. It's you don't know where you're gonna get with his blocking. Um, and there's a bunch of other guys. Um, I actually lo- I actually love this receiver class, even though a lot of people were talked down on it, and uh, some even some of my my draft my draft buddies um didn't think it's not that great of a class. I actually like it a lot. Um, at the top of the first round, there's not a super lot of guys. Like there's Quentin Johnson, there's Keishon Booty, a few other guys that are probably first round guys, but not a super lot. But after that, there's a lot of really good guys. It, seems, it feels like I a mean? deep class. It's it's really deep. Yeah, it's really deep. 
some of my favorite guys like A.T. Perry from Wake Forest, big, tall guy, fast, can get down the field. Uh, Rasheed Rice is a do-it-everything type guy at SMU. Uh, but I believe he was number one in receiving this year, receiving yardage this year in college football. He had like 1,600 yards. He's got these crazy long 33-inch arms, even though he's like only 6'1". Um, he can catch balls all over the place, anywhere, any, wherever you put it, he'll catch it. Um, he can play all three levels of the field. Um, another guy I, I love, I don't know if the Packers would take him because I don't know if he's going to run fast enough, but Xavier Hutchins from Ohio State. He has, I've compared, compared some of his, his ability to catch balls to Odo Beckham Jr. He oh, can wow. just, just crazy, like one-handed, down low, up high, just catch them all over wherever the, the quarterback, his quarterback's pretty, not that good, but uh, the, the, put the ball anywhere near him, he'll basically catch it. Um, he had that one bad drop against Texas that they could have won them the game. But other than that, I mean, he had, I, if you look it up on PFF, his career drop percentage is like 4.9. He's had okay. like 10 drops in his career or something like that. All right. Nothing um, to sneeze at there. What's that? I, I said nothing to sneeze at there. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then Cedric Tillman, who we kind of touched on a little bit earlier from Tennessee. He's a guy who can get down the field, stack corners, plays physical, you know, um, can jump, catch jump balls and stuff like that, 50-50 balls. And then another guy, people, some people like, actually Jake, one of Jake's favorite guys, Roma Dunze from Washington. He's another tall dude, 6'3", 200 pounds, runs like sub 4'4", just gets down the field fast. Um, he's a deep threat. Um, he's still developing. He's a redshirt sophomore, so he might go back. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. And then uh, another one of my favorite guys, uh, Michael Jefferson from Louisiana Lafayette. He's a 6'4", 205-pound guy who runs sub 4'5". He can, again, he can stack some receivers. He can get downfield a little bit. Um, but the numbers aren't there because it's kind of, they're not, they're kind of more of a running offense. And his quarterback isn't, you know, not that good of a passer. But he's a good player and he can block. He's a blocker. Like I said, he's strong, 6'4", or whatever. Um, and a few, a few offensive tackles I like for mid-rounds if the Packers wait uh, for offensive tackle, left tackle. Um, Patrick Paul from uh, Houston. He's a guy who's six, okay. seven, three and a half pounds. He's got experience. Um, he probably still needs a little, probably needs a year still to work on some of his technique and stuff like that. But he's a pretty good guy that I like. Um, now the funny thing then, with Chris, right? with, the funny thing with Patrick Paul is he has a brother, Chris, Chris Paul. But it's not the not the Chris Paul that we know. Uh, but he's right. an athlete. Um, he he's a, yeah, a brother- Washington commander. Yeah, yeah, his brother played at uh, Tulsa last few years. His brother, I, I liked, actually liked his brother a lot in this past draft class. I was hoping the Packers would take him, but they didn't. Um, and he went later than I thought. He went seventh round, I believe. Because um, I, I, I had him at his brother as like a fifth rounder. Um, his brother played all over the field, but left tackle, right tackle, center, guard. He played every, all up and down the line. But um, but Patrick is a true and true left tackle. He's going to be a, he's a lot bigger than his, taller than his brother. He's more long. He's a definite tackle. Um, and we kind of, t- kind of mentioned him earlier, Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. He's a good athlete. He's a really good athlete. They actually pull, they actually, he's the left tackle. They actually pull him and pull him and throw him into like the B gap and the C, pull him on the other side of the C gap to the right tackle. So he, they move him around all kinds of crazy ways and get him outside blocking out in space. I can and just see yeah, Stenovich and Buckus salivating at that. Yeah, they would love that, especially that, that, that zone blocking that they run. They would love something like someone like him. Um, And I have one more sleeper kind of that, is not getting press. Is not really getting much press. But uh, Delmar Glaze from Maryland, he's the right tackle, but he gets snaps at left tackle when they pull Jalen Duncan. There's times they pull Jalen Duncan and threw him in at left tackle, and he is 
is so smooth in his pass drops and his technique and his movements and his foot movements. And he's coordinated. He is, he's really good. I think he's going to be really, if he goes back, which he can, because if he goes back, he'll be the left tackle next year. I think I can see him going back next year and being left tackle. He's, I think he's a better player right now than Jalen Duncan. Oh, very cool. Um, And and he's just a redshirt sophomore. So very cool. And I'm trying to think anybody else. Um, there's a few kind of mid-round edge rushers they could take, like a Yaya DAB from Louisville, another big long type guy that they type that they type that they like. Um, and of course, we actually we didn't touch on the defensive tackles. Um, of course, there's the giant man-child um, Jalen Carter, who picks up <laughs> dudes with one hand and puts a finger in the air. <laughs> Last week, this past he's, weekend, he's he a big boy, then, very big boy. Well, the funny thing with him, he's not ginormous. He's 6'3", 310. He's not ginormous, but he's just so strong. And like I was talking to one of the uh, the other guys in the in the draft group, uh, not really group, draft Twitter, I guess. Um, as I compared him to, like, if you remember Larry Allen from the Cowboys, mm-hmm. I compare him to him in, the way, in a, like a defensive version of him in the sense that he's just so strong. Wow. You see him in the field, he's just so strong. Like, the way he just shucks offensive linemen is crazy. And he's a true junior. He's not like, you know, a six-year senior who's been in, in the weight room every day for six years plus. He's, he's a true junior, and the, the guy is just explosive and strong. It's just, it's crazy how explosive and strong he is. Like I said, I know I keep saying that, but explosive and strong he is in that, in his body, basically. I, I have not gotten to watch enough Jalen Carter yet, uh, but every time I see him, I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to uh, just watching a lot of his tape in preparation for from the draft for the draft. I think that he's going to be a dude who is is really fun to watch. Oh yeah, he's he's going to be top three pick. So I, I as it stands right now, I think you're probably correct. Uh, we are uh, running out of time here today, but Brian, I super appreciate you coming on here. Um, man, I learned a lot. I would guess all of our listeners did too. Um, and dude, I am going to have you back on here as we get closer to the draft to talk uh, more in depth about some of these position groups when we kind of have a, a an even better handle after some of the offseason um, uh, free agency uh, and contract stuff that goes on. We really know what kind of holes we are needing to patch. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun to get into the nitty gritty talking about, you know, what really separates some of these, uh, deeper prospects from the others. Uh, everybody go check out Brian Moffy on Twitter at B Moffy M A A F I and read him. Uh, like I said, he writes, uh, for cheesehead TV, uh, their draft guide. I bought it last year. It was phenomenal. I loved it. Brian, super appreciate you uh, making time to come on here and talking for almost a full hour. This has been a blast. No, no problem. Glad I'm finally been able to come on and see your face. <laughs> Likewise, you handsome devil. All right, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We're going to get out of here and talk to you next week here on the Packernet Podcast Network.